When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk, it's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yes, guards welcome stop. in. Can guards stop you? I mean, tackles are a little bit more athletic, I think is the fair word. Can a guard or an interior guy stop you? I just feel like it's, for us, we feel like it's a disadvantage. So we'll, we'll work on that throughout the season. But we see it's a big disadvantage. I jumped the gun. False start. False start. Did my false start make it over the the clip there? Yeah. Or did the ref did the referees catch it? Okay. No, I made it over the clip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Declan told me the snap count five seconds before we hit the record button, yeah, and I, sure. I was like, I was like a Oli Udo in week one against Cincinnati last year. All right, the season's starting. Here's the snap count. We've practiced all summer. Yeah. I'm Alexander Madison guiding you to the center. No, Mackie, that's the guard. I need you to need you to get in front of the center here. Uh, Judd trying to bait Daniil Hunter into into putting a whiteboard material up against opposing interior offensive linemen, not taking the bait. Nope. Daniil was very tactful in his answer there. It's a very fair question, though. It was, and, and the answer was is for no. no. A guard cannot right. stop Daniil Hunter. Right. Good luck. Good luck with yep. that was what I was hoping to get. Uh, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And the show is presented in part by our friends at TCL. TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. On the show today, Kirk Cousins with a couple interesting comments to uh, Dan Barrero that we can discuss a random Viking of the week, but most importantly, Judd's Vikings training camp notes Mm. and an interesting position battle shaping up. Speaking of guards, one that maybe we didn't think was going to, I don't know that I thought this was going to take shape this quickly, but uh, let's talk about interior offensive line play here, Judd. Yes, because this is incredibly important, right? Because, I mean, you know, you think to yourself, guards, centers, who really cares? Well, we have learned in the past uh, few years that if you don't care, you know what happens, you can lose football games. So, right, the right guard position. Um, Jesse Davis has gotten about two or three veteran days off because he's coming off, uh, I believe, a season-ending knee injury with the Miami Dolphins last year. Well, the last time that he was off, so not practicing, second-round pick, Ed Ingram bumped up to the first team, but Jesse Davis was out. So it's like, oh, okay, he's getting some reps there. Interesting, but it's not like he's beating Davis out. It's not like there is yet a competition. Um, 
So yesterday in practice, I believe for the first time with Jesse Davis practicing, Ed Ingram and Jesse Davis split reps during team drills at right guard. So when they started off team drill one, first team, it was Jesse Davis. But then for the second portion of the team drill, when the first team came back, Ed Ingram had replaced him there. And back and forth they went, rotating. Very interesting. And I, I believe I did predict this with um, with you out on Mackie and Judd yesterday, Phil. But I predicted to Declan, I think there is a very good chance Ed Ingram is now going to be and is very much competing to be the week one starter. Wow. Digest that. Life comes at you fast, Jesse Davis. Uh, but Je- Jesse Davis was not brought in as a high upside, you know, Pro Bowl caliber solution at guard. He, in fact, he, he so he played mostly tackle, I believe, for the Dolphins last season, and he has previous guard experience, so he can be kind of a swing guy. But he was, according to Pro Football Focus, one of the worst offensive linemen in the entire league last year. So moving him from tackle to guard probably just a, a better move for him. But but he was a band aid. They they signed Jesse Davis and Chris Reed, hoping maybe maybe one of these guys can win the right guard competition for a year or hold it down. But ideally, the second round pick Ed Ingram has the highest upside. Is under team control on a rookie scale contract now for four years. I mean, the the best case scenario here would be the young guy slots right in, more upside, possibly just a better player, and you're off to the races for cheap for the next four years at that position. So I, it's a good sign if he wasn't doing the right things behind the scenes and and he wasn't you know practicing at a high level, they wouldn't be giving him this chance this early in training camp. So they're, they're, I agree with you. I think this is all sort of headed toward unless he just you know gets in the deep end of the pool at practice with the ones and he can't because he's going to be going up against Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith and those guys. Um, but if if he can hold his own against that defense and some of those guys. This is definitely tracking toward him being the week one starter. Very interesting. Kind of reminds me of in baseball when like it's spring training and for whatever reason we're giving, you know, I'm going to use him for an example here, Dylan Bundy as the fifth starter when there's another great prospect that's like ready to rock. But hey, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to put the Band-Aid on for now. And then when we have to rip it off, we got like this great Neil Sporn rookie that's going to come here and, and, and absorb the cut and it's going to be all great. Like, no, how about we, had, we remove the Band-Aid immediately and we give the best possible medication, the best possible solution right here at Ed Ingram. That's what they should do. Yes, yes. And if, if they, so if this works too, so if, if, Ingram is the the um, starter week, week one and is prepared to take that job. The nice thing here, too, is this, to, to Declan's point, because this feels like, what, a four-year Band-Aid? Like, right guard has been a rotating, uh, uh, you know, a rotation of this guy can, you know, we'll sign this guy and he'll do it, and now we're going to move Ole Udo from the tackle position to guard. And so if Ingram is the solution. You now potentially have four of the five spots locked up with solutions, not just quick fixes. Garrison, yes. Cleveland, and again, you know, Cleveland to me is developing still, but he's a, he's a draft pick. He's been, I think, good, not great, but he definitely can be a solid player. Ingram potentially, O'Neal. So so Bradbury is still a concern, but the point is, for the first time in a long time, it feels like you're building an offensive line 
that has long-term potential solutions, not just, okay, we're going to sign this guy because, my God, our right guard was bad last year. Yeah. Another thing to note, rightfully so, we ripped the Vikings for years for not taking offensive lines seriously enough with their draft resources. You know, they went a 10 or 11 year period where they only spent two or three first, second, or third round picks on offensive linemen. So I think it was like Matt Khalil, but it was between the Bradbury pick all the way back to maybe Ryan Cook in 2006 or 2007. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just didn't draft offensive linemen much between the first, second, and third rounds. And now, if Ed Ingram gets that starting job, and I get that this is now spanning back to the Rick Spielman front office and then now into the Quasi front office, but if Ed Ingram gets that starting right guard job, the the five starting offensive linemen are going to be, from left to right, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a first-round pick, a second, and a second-round pick. Right. Now, Bradbury is turning out to be a bust, but but at least they have organizationally solved the issue of not trying <laughs> to find right. these guys that, in the first right. couple rounds. <laughs> and not and like, oh, you know what? We'll find a guy in the sixth round or we'll sign some guy. That's it. That's big. That's big. Um, now, now, Phil, I do think part of the juxtaposition in this conversation that I find intriguing is this. And I feel like because Spielman's gone, it's going to it's going to pass without nearly the attention it probably should. OK. Wyatt Davis remains third team. He is barely getting snaps, and I'm pretty certain is going to to be cut. And I'm not I'm not certain he's going to be brought back on the practice squad. The point being is this is a third round pick, and <laughs> impressively or not, unfortunately, the 2021 third round is shaping up as a disaster. Like the third round is not the sixth round. It's not the yeah. seventh round. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's Mond who continues to struggle. It is Davis who I think is going to to be, be cut, and I'm not sure he's going to be a practice squad guy, and I'm not sure who's going to rush to sign him. And then, if I'm not mistaken, they also took Chaz Surratt, right? Who, who yes. was the former, who was the college quarterback turned linebacker, but he was going to be so athletic. I think he gets cut too. Wow. Like that's amazing, dude. Before before we just completely dismiss the Rick, you know, Rick's gone now. Let's not talk about that. I think a third round, uh, uh, the amount of busts of epic proportions, can't really be forgotten completely. Wasn't there another third rounder in there somewhere? Let me find this real quick. I think they had four third rounders. Patrick Jones the second. Yeah, Patrick Jones. Okay, he'll get, that he'll get some work. run. Yeah. And then and then in fairness, this is the the weird thing. So th- these third round picks are maybe all going to get cut, which is bonkers. But Derisaw in the first round looks like he he's at least going to be your starting left tackle this year and if he takes a step forward, they might have found a solution long term there. Yep. Uh Kene Wangwu, interesting little trinket player, kick returner in the fourth round. Cam Bynum is I think a starting caliber player. And like then it. Amir Smith-Marset was a fifth-round pick. So it's such a weird draft in that a lot of your more premium picks are whiffs. But you might have <laughs> nailed your first-rounder, and then you might have nailed like a, a couple fourths and a fifth in there too. So it, I don't. I, I think if you look at the whole draft, it's actually a, a pretty successful draft that they might have found four or five regulars or starting caliber players. But but the the fact that you are cutting third-round picks after right. you're, you're, that you're not using them at all in year one and then you might cut them after year two is a huge indictment. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Rick, there's a reason why Rick Spielman is is currently working in media and not a front office. I Th- think thirty third team does not want him drafting in the third round for them. Needs needs a year off just to collect his thoughts. All right, uh, Judd's camp notes continued here. Okay, there are two ways to see this, the good or bad, but it's intriguing. Uh, Two-minute drill again for the the second consecutive practice at the end. Um, On Monday, it was Cousins and the first team, and then it was Mond and the second team. Yesterday, it was Cousins and the first team and Mannion and the second team. But I want to talk about the first team. Um, And the two ways... To see this are the defense, so first team offense against first team defense. The defense looked really good, really fantastic. One thing I really like about these guys is they have them playing really aggressive. Now, with the crackdown on illegal contact, I don't know about flags. Like I think that could be a problem, but I do like the fact that just as a as a approach to how they're playing, it's aggressive. Unfortunately, the bad way is the first team offense looked in that drill awful, and it ended with a uh, with a Cousins pick by Bynum on a pass intended for Jefferson. Um, and this is this goes back to what I've been talking about the whole work in progress thing. This is the amount of th- so when they do hurry up, especially it becomes obvious at times just how far they have to go to playing to playing quick efficient and comfortable Hmm. um so defensively it looked good offensively this group is going to need to make some real strides when they're going against good defenses in playing at pace in playing quick and with the quarterback and the entire offense essentially looking comfortable hey what was you sent me because we we kind of meandered our way into a Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees conversation earlier this week because yes. Kevin O'Connell answered one of your questions about Kirk's interceptions. You you asked Kevin, hey, he's throwing some he's throwing some unKirk like passes that are maybe just a little riskier than he usually would, and there and it's resulting in some interceptions. You know what, what? What is that? Just him feeling it out? And Kevin O'Connell referenced Drew Brees and said, "There's guys like Brees that spend the entire training camp." throughout their career, just trying to test the boundaries of what works and what doesn't so that they know when they get into a game, okay, on this route against that coverage, this is a little too tight. I can't throw that pass, but this one I can. You sent me a clip on social media a couple days ago, too, of someone making the same Drew Brees reference that he would oftentimes just like purposefully in training camp in front of fans and stuff. Not that he's trying to throw picks, but he's being more aggressive, trying to test the boundaries of what he can and can't do. Yes. It's like a pitcher going into a spring training game and saying, well, I need to work on my fastball today. So <laughs> exactly. if I throw one down the middle and serve up a three-run bomb, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not. But people freak out. Oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> right. This guy gave up six runs in a spring training game or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so I, and I, I think the thing is that there are times that, that Kirk is definitely throwing passes Kirk would ordinarily not throw, and, and he's trying things, which is absolutely fine. The overall tenor of the drill I'm talking about, though, is just playing at pace and speed, and it's going to take some time. My point is there's going to have to be, from the coaching staff on down to the fans, there's going to have to be a level of patience because because guys are trying to do things that they are new at, and, and I think it's a big difference between uh, trying to practice it in a walkthrough 
watching it on film or studying it in a classroom and then doing it as quickly as possible. Yeah. So like that's the thing where I think I think in fairness this is simply going to take some time to take hold fully. And maybe at the end of the day, maybe you're taking the over on Kirk Cousins interceptions from time to time, but it leads to more upside like touchdowns, which you can take those overs on prize picks, which is an easy way to play daily fantasy. You pick between 2 and 5 players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. You can even run mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on a Cousins touchdown number or an interception number, and then you can take the over on a Byron Buxton home run number or something when those two teams are both playing in the month of September. It's super easy to use, PrizePix mobile app and PrizePix.com. Use the promo code NORTH, and PrizePix will match your first deposit up to $100. PrizePix, the easy way to play. Daily fantasy, the easy way to lose weight. Well, not I wouldn't say easy because no, you got to put in easy. some work. Exactly right. You know, there's not an overnight solution, but Livia is there to help you. That is exactly right, and I'm I'm down as I've been talking about now for quite some time. Forty pounds. My wife Dawn, she joined. She's down about fourteen pounds. The Zolgan mm. household down over fifty pounds. And you know what? As Phil just said, it's not easy, but but it is efficient. And if you make the commitment, it's fantastic. And right now, we're talking about the exclusive end-of-summer anniversary offer. You can join the program for 50% off. 50% off. Uh, so by fall, you'll be fitting into all of those fall and winter clothes that don't fit now. Well, guess what? They're going to fit. And the best thing is you can keep the weight off as well. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. That is your ticket to dropping those unwanted pounds and then keeping them off Livia.com. All right, Judd's camp notes continued here. That is exactly right. So here's my here's here's my talker, here's my question and talker off of the point about the offense, okay? And I think it's I think it's in 2022, I think that this is up for debate. Is there an upside? Do you play any of your key starters on offense in the three preseason games to get them in a game situation or in a training camp where it is very clear, and I don't fault the Vikings one bit, that they are putting a premium on trying to keep guys healthy? And there are players that you see every day, you know, torn Achilles, uh, bad knee, and like, like, and some of that's uh, a complete fluke. But the point is, they've done a very good job, knock on wood for their sake, of keeping guys healthy. Is there an upside starting on, on what is it, Sunday against the Raiders to playing Cousins, to playing Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, to get them some snaps, or or is it simply not worth it based on injury risk? A lot of smart football people, Sean McVay, Aaron Rodgers came out yesterday or two days ago and said, there's no value in even risking playing a snap, even if even as I'm trying to get used to new wide receivers. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward listening to Sean McVay and Aaron Rodgers on this. And you can make fun of Aaron Rodgers all you want for a million other things, but like the guy's been in the NFL for a long time. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he is telling you, I don't really need preseason games. I can go out there, we can still win twelve or thirteen games. I'm gonna light it up and be an MVP without preseason. So I, I I used to think 
don't you want to get out there and play against somebody, especially when you're installing a new offense and just test things out? And I'm I've kind of done a 180 on that. I I, I think any any gain that that would be perceived probably doesn't overshadow the injury risk that you would be. Do you, do you want you know Zadarius Smith or Daniel Hunter or I mean hell your offensive line? What happens if Brian O'Neill gets rolled up on or something? You know mm-hmm. you you're, you're razor thin at some of these positions. Kirk Cousins, you're razor thin at quarterback. You have one guy that can, you have one guy that's won an NFL game before. Yeah. So I I tend to say, listen, it's already risky enough just practicing on a regular basis and getting the full pads on the eleven times they're going to do it. Why add additional risk against a team that really hasn't? At least when you play your own team in a padded practice, they're looking out for each other. No one's going to intentionally and not really tackling play through the whistle or something. Yeah, exactly. You, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't play any key starters in this game, Declan. I wouldn't play him yet. I don't think it's necessarily you know they don't have to necessarily rush into doing it. Um, but I, I do think there's some value in getting some type of reps. Like you're you're gonna go nine to ten months, not ten months, but nine months or so without ever playing an actual NFL game. And and you might say these well, what is two to three series? in preseason at 75% speed really mean, but I do think there's something that matters there. And and I don't think also the Vikings offense and their players have really earned the luxury of just sitting out the preseason. Aaron Rodgers has earned that luxury, dude. He's an MVP. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Kirk Cousins is learning this new system. He's going through some kinks in the training camp. I do think there's some ben- uh, some beneficial side to it of going into an actual preseason game and running some offense. I can't believe I'm going to say this because I used to completely agree with everything you just said. I wouldn't play him. I I wouldn't play him, and here's why. If you were going to run your plays, I might play him. So, like, if you were going to go through a package of plays that you actually intended to run, but you don't, you're you're basically going to go out there and hand off to Cook and throw a pass to, to Justin on a play that's just, you know, just an easy, unscoutable, because it's like, okay, no duh play. Um, and the risk of somebody twisting an ankle, tearing up a knee. Um, I used to be very firmly on the side of get out there, get a series, get two, do some tackling, get hit, because that that probably does help. Um, but it's so ultimately useless that, in my opinion now, the risk of injury is not worth it. Yeah. So uh, did Matthew Stafford didn't, Played in preseason games last year, right? With a new system, he did not. He did not. Dude threw forty touchdown passes, won a Super Bowl. I, but I used and to he, be and totally he was he, all those teammates were new for him. Like Matthew Stafford came in, he didn't. You know, okay, I'm working with the offensive line for the first time, the center for the first time, the receivers, the routes, everything, and they got all that work done in practice in the off season and in training camp. So, yeah, don't risk it. No risk it, no biscuit. If you're Bruce Arians, but I don't, I don't buy into that theory for. Uh, for preseason games. I've completely changed there, though. Like, yeah. I have completely changed. All right, what else is in your notebook there? Anything that's else at the, at the very bottom? That's it? No, right. that's it. Good stuff. Competition. Love it. Yeah, Judd's out there on a on a regular basis asking the difficult questions like he did to Daniil Hunter and Kevin O'Connell and filling up his college rule notebooks full of observations. Oh, we got it right here, baby. Look, look at this. Look at this. Bloodsport Beautiful. notes here, but I mean, we got oh, depth man. charts. We got play-by-play of the Monday <laughs> night next. practice. Uh, Yo, next. <laughs> yeah, Bloodsport's our action movie rewind over on Mackie and Judd this week, so that'll be a 
that'll right. be a thing. Um, so those are Judd's camp notes, and you can find some of his written work at scorenorth.com as well. By the way, if you are checking out Purple Daily on the YouTube channel, if you could click subscribe and the like button, it helps spread the word about this Vikings community that you guys are helping us build. We are the straw that stirs the drink, and uh, we all, whether you agree, disagree, I think we all align that it's been 60 years. Let's let's get a Super Bowl up in here at some point. You know, let's make it happen. So, all right, uh, what are people saying about the Vikings? Presented by our friends over at uh, Brainerd International Raceway. We're going to get to some interesting Kirk Cousins oh, yeah. comments here, Declan. Yeah, just uh, coming up in a little over a week here, Lucas Oil Nationals at Brainerd International Raceway Ground Pounding, lightning fast, blow your mind drag racing, racing 330 miles per hour of adrenaline from August 18th to the 21st. Every ticket, too, by the way, from BIRMN.com, where you can buy those tickets, comes with a pit pass, and kids 12 and under get in free. Judd doesn't have any kids, but if you have kids and you actually have children, you can bring them in if they're 12 and under. They get in free. They get the pit pass. They get to smell all the gnaws, all the fun stuff right there in the action, okay? Right there at Brainerd International Raceway. Lucas Oil Nationals, August 18th to the 21st. Get your tickets at BIRMN.com. Awesome. I'm up in that neck of the woods you here are. for for some for some company meetings this week up at Grandview Lodge. Uh, it's been it's been fun, kind of bumming around. I've had I've had I'm trying to just consume as much northern Minnesota. I got my Power Loon hooded sweatshirt oh, on yeah. here too. Yeah. Yes, Love yeah. the Power Loon, classic rock. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, it's a great great station. Barracuda playing every anything by heart really. in on. So um, yeah, I've eaten more wild rice, walleye. I even had a stuffed pork chop last night. I'm oh. just trying to eat all of the northern Minnesota foods. It's oh, a great it's outstanding. time. So uh, what are people saying about the Minnesota Vikings? Kirk Cousins went on KFXN radio yesterday with Dan Barrero in the afternoon. And uh, th- there's a lot of little things that they, that they covered. But Dan asked him about all of this stuff, the, you know, the, the, the tension that we can see on screen and the tension that we've heard about behind the scenes between Zimmer and Cousins. And, and Dan asked him about it. And Cousins said that the the rift between him and Mike Zimmer has been, quote, very overblown. So let's start there. Do you think Kirk is telling the whole truth, the partial truth, or nothing close to the truth when he says that the stuff between me and Zimmer, listen, the fact that we didn't meet for 45 minutes a week until the fourth year I was here, you know, the fact that we argued about vaccinations, the fact that we almost threw hands after that Lions win, you know, the fact that the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, came out and said that, you know, yeah, Mike Zimmer was not all that into and you know, Ben Lieber, like all of these things. So do you think that he's lying when he says it's all very overblown? Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And so here. OK, so I'd like to dissect this a bit, too, because, first of all, Dan read Kirk Ben's entire quote. So like he didn't like that's amazing by the way he didn't paraphrase bravo to Dan oh good for him oh yeah he's great he's fantastic but I mean he didn't paraphrase he didn't like you know he took the quote like this and read it to him and so like there's no like oh you know I don't really know what Ben said right because it's right there um, here's my issue with Kirk lying completely about this if this was just a one off and he didn't want to talk about this one thing I'd be like. I sort of get that. Like, he's lying, but again, as we've talked about on 
the show for a long time. It's sports lying, and I, I, I get it. Um, it'd be nice to hear some re- reality, but we're not going to. But here's my issue with what Kirk did. This is just continues the pattern of never owning anything. Never, like, this is what I want. And I, and here's the thing, too, and I think Kirk Stans can identify with this. This isn't what just Judd wants because I want the juicy story. I do. But what I want is what a very important person in Kirk's life right now by the name of Kevin O'Connell wants, too. And that's you got to own this. You got to own some things. That does not mean you have to go into chapter and verse on what went wrong with Mike and you. But I mean, I know for a fact, I've been told for a fact that Kirk Cousins basically had to beg Mike last year to meet once a week. Mm-hmm. Like Mike didn't want to do it. Like he, it, it, it was not like, oh, Kirk, why didn't you come to me four years ago? I'd love to meet. Mike Zimmer didn't want to meet. And Kirk basically, and good for him, just kept trying to be like, no, we got to meet. We have to meet. Yeah. But dude, you, Kirk, you are a quarterback. You have to, the most important thing in your life and, and the next step in your progression, because physically you have talent, we never argued that, is to take and figure out how to take ownership of situations because that's what being a successful quarterback is. You own situations. And when you won't own anything, you are leaving out an incredibly important mental chip and component to success. And that is where I think that's why Kevin O'Connell wants him to take some chances here too, because you've got to figure out and you've got to, and you've got to come to a conclusion of how you can own situations. What can you own and what can't you own? And when you are constantly dodging things, which he is, he's constantly dodging things. He's constantly trying to deflect. You know what? There are certain sports and there are certain positions of sports that you can, I don't love it, but you can deflect a lot of things. And ultimately nobody really cares. Quarterback's not one. And look, the reality is everything we're talking about when it comes to Kirk is really the mental side of rewiring his brain. It's not he can't do this. It's not he he can't make that throw. No, actually, he can make that throw. We've seen him make throws. I've never had an issue, and I never will, with what Kirk Cousins' uh, God-given gifts as an athlete are. Like, mm-hmm. he can't run, but but lots of guys can't run. I'd like him to be able to feel pressure more but everyone's going to have their faults but as far as what he can do with a football it's pretty special why is he not as successful as as he should be it's a mental game here and what he did with Barrero is just the latest in him trying to dodge and deflect things where you've got to at least explore the path of you know what I'm going to talk about this a little bit I'm not going to give you everything but I'm going to give you something because I'm owning a situation yeah so yeah, I, I I hear you loud and clear. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend him a little bit here because I don't expect him to come out and throw Mike Zimmer under the bus at all whatsoever. I actually think he handled in a vacuum. I actually think he handled this question the right way. And bravo to Dan for literally reading the transcript of the quote. That's a that's a, a, a lot of a lot of radio hosts and and reporters wouldn't have the grapefruits to sit there and do that and make the situation uncomfortable. I mean, it's un- yeah. I'm going to read you some uncomfor- uncomfortable quotes right now and get your response on them. Mm-hmm. And I think Kirk's response was fine. He's saying he's downplaying it. Listen, it's overblown, whatever we know. And we, and that's funny. I don't know. I don't know why we somehow have sources now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we, we were told <laughs> behind the scenes on this show several months ago to watch out for a Tom Brady and and Buccaneers coaching staff rift that there is there's some things happening behind the scenes 
Yeah, I guess when you're just talking football every day, people just float things to you. But we were told several months ago, hey, uh, it's not all roses behind the scenes in Tampa. And and so there, there there might be issues between Tom and Bruce Arians. There might be some issues between Tom and other coaches on the staff. And so it wasn't it wasn't all that shocking then when Tom Brady announced his retirement. And then when he came back, Bruce Arians was gone. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians clearly had some issues between each other. But at no point is Tom going to come out and make a big deal out of it. If somebody asks him, hey, why did it's kind of weird. You came back and then Bruce Arians just retired. That doesn't. The timing doesn't make a lot of sense there, and he's gonna and he's gonna say, "Oh, I love my time with Bruce. It's great. We won a Super Bowl together." He's not gonna air out their dirty laundry. But to, if you zoom out, if you zoom all the way out, what you're saying, and I agree with you, is at every turn, Kirk likes to just sort of be a passenger in the car, right? He likes to when it comes to timeouts in a game, when it comes even the way he's kind of talked about the new scheme this off season. It's well, you know, I just want to do what the coach asks me. Well, yeah, that's great. You should definitely be coachable, but you're a quarterback, man. You're 34 years old. You make $35 million a year. Your role goes beyond just doing what the coach asks of you. You don't need permission to lead when you're in that position, getting paid that much money, been in the league that long. So it's just, yeah, in a vacuum, I'm fine with the way he answered this question. But to your point, big picture, he doesn't. He doesn't love to take ownership of things because when you take ownership of things, it can be risky. If you if you say we are going to our plan is to win a Super Bowl, it's always we're going to take it week to week, and our plan is to get to the playoffs or whatever. It's like no, w- anything short of a Super Bowl would be a failure, which is what this organization should be saying, quite frankly, every single year. I think he's a little bit and this is me playing amateur psychologist, I think he's a little afraid to go that far with ownership of things because if you fail, it opens yourself up for more criticism. And I don't think he likes to be criticized. But on the other hand, you kind of mentioned, you know, if he can do this and this, you know, there's, well, you know, the, the, I think you phrased it as there's a reason why he's not even even better. And I have a hard, I've been thinking about that this week, just kind of thinking about the season and stuff. And I was, ta- I was talking to a coworker of mine who works in Washington, D.C., and followed Kirk's career for years when he was with the Redskins at the time, now the Commanders. And, and we both kind of have the same viewpoint, which is, God, the guy has – the guy he's one of the 14 or 15 best quarterbacks in the world. You can do a lot worse than Kirk as your quarterback. Um, you're probably not going to win four games in train wreck with Kirk as your quarterback. But at the same time um, – some of those personality quirks and leadership gaps prevent your team and the money that he makes prevent your team from being as good as, as they can be. But then I always go back to the fact that this guy was not recruited at all by Power 5 schools until after he was a senior. He had to wait for a Michigan State offer until after he was a senior in high school. Then he was the seventh guy on their depth chart and climbed his way up to become the Michigan State starting quarterback. Then he was a fourth-round pick, a backup to RG3, climbed his way up over two or three quarterbacks to be a really good, viable starting quarterback. So on one hand, it feels like there's more. On the other hand, he's maximized everything you would ever expect of a guy that wasn't recruited by Power 5 schools and wasn't an amazing athlete coming out of high school. So I'm I'm just sort of conflicted by what we should really expect from him going forward here with the Vikings. I think part of the issue, though, Phil, in, re- in retrospect now, in seeing his career here play out for the past four or five years is this. 
the part of the reason why I think he wasn't recruited more, part of the reason why he's he's had to climb up, one is I think he does like a challenge, and he clearly excels at taking on a challenge. But you know what? I think part of his problem has been this. Again, the mental wiring. Um, I think if Kirk Cousins maximized who he is, who he could be mentally, um, that he probably does get recruited quicker, much quicker. Like why, why would, why would you as a scout, why would you watch this kid play in high school and be like, eh, unless you talk to him. Like if, if you just went and walked, I'm hard pressed to think if you just went and watched Kirk Cousins in high school and you are a college scout that you would say, yeah, no, no, no. Now, if I went and talked to him, though, I might be like, "Okay, there's some red flags here. And that's my point. That's what Kevin O'Connell is embarking on literally trying to to open up the hood of the car and do some major work on the engine. And that's where I find this to be. And look, look. I get it. The cousin stands now are saying, "Oh, typical Zolga, you're dissecting something that doesn't e- exist." Well, no, it does exist, and this is where I think this is so interesting. This is the great experiment. This is the great experiment. It's taking a quarterback with the talent who's 34 and saying, "Okay, we're going to make some tweaks here, though, and we're going to get him to embrace things and do things that he has never wanted to do." But I really believe that part of the reason why he have fell through the cracks is personality. Not yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah, he has he has an and we, we talked about being an amateur psychologist, but like he has an avoidant relationship. He's a, he's an avoidant relationship type of style here, where he what once he he'll allow you in to a degree, and he kind of gives off the persona that he likes to be around people and all this stuff. But when when things get tough, he is he's dismissive, and he also doesn't want to have that relationship be public. He doesn't want to actually commit to that commit to that person. Um, he has a very avoidant kind of a style with Mike Zimmer, and and to be honest, I, he's our quarterback. We, if he says something, we're going to dissect it almost way more than we would with any other player. But at the same time, like I am ready to move on from the whole Mike Zimmer Kirk. I'm glad Barrero and someone asked him about it. Good for him, but also like let's move on to KOC. Let's move on to 2022. I am sick of talking about Zimmer relationship with Kirk Cousins. That now that I agree on as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think I've already broken my vow from two weeks ago. I said, I don't want to talk about this anymore, but here we are. (laughs) So, and it's important too, though, because the, the discussion to me is not about the relationship as much as it is how Kirk is processing it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think, um, Man, if you took if you if you took Kirk and if if you ratcheted his sort of leadership ownership game up to a Joe Burrow or Tom Brady level, you would be talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback with Super Bowls. I don't think he's ever going to get there at this point because once you get to your mid or early to mid thirties, you're you're largely who you are. You're like ninety percent kind of who you are. Maybe there's a t- some ten percent tweaks you can make on the ch- on the fringes. Yep. But can Kevin O'Connell help make some of those ten percent tweaks? He's certainly trying early on here. Uh, all right, boys, it's time for now. Last week, Declan flipped the script and pitted you and I together in random Viking of the week against Audible. each other. So I think, you know, what we kind of landed on is maybe we alternate every other week or something. Maybe mm-hmm. Declan and I are just it's a it's a what they call in. And maybe this is not the politically correct term, but in wrestling, they call it a handicap match, a two on one match yeah. where we can tag each other in every week. But you have to stay in the ring and fight both of us. Yeah. Maybe a tornado no, so, it would be a tornado attack. Joe needed a partner in the ring with him, but yeah, hand, handicap breaks. Yeah. Handicap breaks. Okay. So I so, have to. 
wow, I mean, this is a lot on me. Well, you're dominating the game so much. You have, to this point, in Random Viking of the Week, a 30-16 to 16 lead on Declan, and now oh. Declan and Phil. Last week, old Macadat correctly guessed Andre Allison as the Random Viking of the Week. Just rifled off all your guesses, and on the third one, hey. bottom of the ninth, man on second. That's the rule. Dude, you, the right. you know what I was? Remember remember that, that VCU team coached by Shaka Smart that made it to the Final Four a few oh, years yeah. ago? And their their style was called Havoc. Yeah. That we don't even have plays. We just we're just gonna Havoc. We're just gonna full court press you and just ah, a bar- a barrage of energy and guesses. That was me last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna rifle three guesses before Judd can even think yeah. about the clues. I was down. Prior to Andre Allison, Judd had like a month and a half winning streak that included Matt Asiata, Cedric Griffin, Jasper Brinkley, John Sullivan, Nate Burleson, Gus Ferrat. So Declan's back in the hot seat here against Judd this week. And the random Viking of the week is presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping businesses maximize their level of success for over a hundred years. You can work with some of the smartest people in the business here of insurance. And uh, you can find out a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys. I'm, uh, I feel like I've fallen into a pattern of giving you guys kind of the same. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to change up the order of clues here. I always start with, like, you know, what school did they go to and stuff. So I feel like you guys have, especially Judd, has kind of sniffed out my clues patterns here. So I might still do that once in a while, but we're going to start with a couple different things here. This random Viking of the week ran a 4.43 40-yard dash. Before, it was obviously before the draft, just to be clear. Not like when he was you know, in year five in the NFL. They should do that. They should make veteran players yeah. run 40 so you can see how their speed has eroded. You know, Wouldn't it be funny to see Randy Moss with the 49ers like six years ago or ten they, years ago? They probably do privately, right? Well, they they probably yeah they might like they probably know if a guy runs a, a you know a fly pattern down the sidelines does a does a scout have a stopwatch on him they maybe pro- they uh, probably do all right yeah uh, this random Viking of the week so a four point four three forty and and then he uh, he majored in mechanical engineering in college ooh this random Viking of the week in retirement. Offers training programs through his website to help athletes, quote, jump higher, run faster, and maximize your bench press. Wouldn't we all love to jump a little higher, run a little faster, and maximize our bench press? Not at my age. I'm good. (laughs) Stay away from me. Okay. All right. Okay. This random Viking of the week was a sixth-round draft pick. This random Viking of the week played for these NFL coaches. Mm-hmm. Marvin Lewis, Mike Zimmer, Zach Taylor. This random Viking of the week played soccer as a kid, but he was inspired to play football, American football. After watching a highlight reel of Adrian Peterson on YouTube. It's very inspiring. 
So when he when you say his coaches, are you going in the correct order of his coaches, or are you mixing that up? I mixed it up. That's what I thought. This random Viking. This random Viking. I don't. I don't. Sometimes I give you them in order. But no, I know. That's I why I'm, tr- I'm. I'm trying to. I was trying to get the. Uh... This random Viking of the week's parents' names were Katrin and Gunter. Is it Moritz Boringer? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Mobo. When did he play for Marvin Lewis? He got cut by. Well. If you'd ask more questions, like Judd did, he didn't actually play in an NFL game. But when he got cut by the Vikings, he wound up in Bengals camp for a couple years. He did? Moritz Boehringer <laughs> was an off-season member of the Cincinnati Bengals from 2018 through 2020. But he never actually played in a regular season game. He, uh, he was waived during final roster cuts in late August of 19 and then signed a futures contract with the Bengals on December 30th, 2019, and he was waived again in August of 2020. And then he returned to uh, to the Schwabish Hall Unicorns of the 2021 German Football League, in which his team went 10-0 and in the regular season before losing the German Bowl 42? Apparently there's been 40 there's looking been- at the... There's been the Roman numerals here. I think there's been 42 German Bulls. They wow. lost 28 to 19 to the Dresden Monarchs. Okay. In 13 games, he had 37 receptions for 691 yards, leading his team in both categories. Moritz Boringer. How did they take a? Why wouldn't you just sign him as an undrafted free agent? <laughs> why would you draft him? Like I know it was a favor, I think, to the league, but. Yeah. Why would you waste a sixth round pick on that guy? And why not the seventh round? Well, and just wait till the draft is done. No one else was going to draft him. Well, I think they wanted they wanted it to be featured on ESPN on draft day, right? But why? Yes. What, what's why the not just back? wait till the seventh round? What's the kickback the Vikings got for doing that? There had to be a kickback from the league. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Well, when did the, when was that? That was two thousand. 17? No, it was it was the 2016 draft. Yep. So the new stadium had already opened up, so they already got that. I don't know. Something. Guess we'll never know. Well, sorry, Declan. Thought That's you were okay. gonna get that one. I thought the parents' names were gonna. Well, they, I guess they did give it away. Katrin and Gunter. Well, Maybe it's I was Katrin. trying to think. Of, I, I was trying to think of guys that played for the Bengals too. Yeah. Like I don't. I can't think of a ton of Vikings that have played for the Bengals. Well, like Terrence Newman, but like I knew it wasn't Terrence because he he's played for everyone. And then I thought maybe Mackenzie yeah. Alexander. And then there mm, was another you're right. Trey Waynes. Yeah, Trey Waynes. And Trey Waynes, you're right. Yeah, there was a couple of guys that I was thinking, but what I, am I thinking? but I knew they weren't sixth round picks, obviously. Mm. Mm. Well, there you go, Judd Zolgad back in the win column here on Random Mobo. Viking of the Week. You can't go more random than that, dude. Sing Mobo. So, all right, that's Purple Daily here on this Thursday. Don't forget to check out some of our Purple Daily Network shows as well. Realistic Randy Rants with Declan on Mondays. And then uh, Before We Die with our friends Jesse Pierce and Thor Nystrom. Just want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl before we die across the board here on Purple Daily.
Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making the catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football, live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Anticipation is building. The holidays are just around the corner, and at the Home Depot, we can't wait. With Black Friday savings all through November, you can count down to Christmas early with a Santa Countdown Inflatable Special Buy, only $69.98. Or anticipate when friends and family come to visit with an entrance full of LED lights that will welcome them and the holidays with open arms. Get the holiday magic started early. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.